Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Deeds in the Desert is back with another exciting episode. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. My name is Madison Beaupre, and today's topic is recession-proof real estate. Joining me on today's episode is Pat Vassar, Director of Underwriting, and Carrie Cook, President of Ignite Funding. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Doing well, yourself? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I think our investors are asking a few questions. It's that kind of time of the year, and more importantly, that time in the, the cycle of real estate, right? Where a lot of people's ears are perked up, so to speak. They sure are. Today, I have my elf ears on. Oh, um, giving away my inside joke, huh? I do. Today is Elf Day around here in Ignite Funding. So, you know, we're just bringing a little cheer to everybody, dropping a few presents along the way. Our presents, of course, come in real estate, but um, no, nevertheless, you know, it's, it's a fun attire. We won't talk about what your attire is today because um, we may scare some of our listeners That's out there. probably but, a good idea. Well, let's talk about this. I mean, obviously, you know, all of us are being inundated with what's going on um, with the economy and this big, bad word of recession. And, you know, are we going to have this soft landing? Is it going to be a hard landing? Are we going to stop spending money? All this stuff is happening. And, you know, as individuals out there, you know, depending upon where you're at in your life cycle, we have concerns um, and valid concerns. I think we all have very valid concerns. And what we're investing in, we're either, you know, losing our tails on right now or we're not. And um, I think it it kind of validates this conversation of, you know, how is Ignite funding looking at the eyes of this recession of how is this going to impact our investments? How is this going to impact our borrowers? Uh, what are we doing to prepare for this? I think our investors want to know. So let's talk through that for just, just a, a few minutes. Um, and let's go into a few things in regards to you know, recession-proof, the word. What does that mean to you? What does recession-proof mean to me? Well, first of all, proof is a four-letter word in my book. Uh, four-letter words are bad words. Uh, I, I don't spell too good, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure proof is four letters in that regard because we don't guarantee anything. There is nothing that is proof. I can't guarantee you a loan is not going to go into default. I can't guarantee you that we are or are not going to go into recession. Uh, so proof is a little bit of a misnomer in that regard. But there are pieces of investing and there are pieces of real estate that tend to do better in recessionary environments. Real estate in of, in of itself does well in recessionary environments because it's a hard asset. It is something that is tangible, physical, and typically producing dividends in the form of cash flows. Those are typically very sought-after asset classes and sought-after investments when there seems to be additional risk in the investing environment. And we are in one of those right now, a time in where you're talking about soft landing, hard landing, inflationary times, interest rate risk, interest rate increases, all of this kind of outside noise that we get inundated with, mm -hmm. bombarded with on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of a, a scenario where we need to take all that into account 
but we can't let the individual pieces of the minutiae get in the way yeah. from the overall arching picture, which is real estate in of itself is a recession. And I'm going to do air quotes here, proof mm-hmm. investment. In everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that, you know, how, how are we going to ensure, because I, I hear this from investors all the time. How are you at night funding going to ensure that, you know, the investments that you're selecting are the right investments at the right time. Well, there's another four-letter word, insure. I I can't insure or guarantee anything, but there are aspects of risk mitigation that we utilize here at Ignite Funding to hopefully mitigate as much risk as possible. If we were able to bring this down to a risk-free environment, this would be the best investment in the entire world. Unfortunately, that's impossible to do. We do our best to mitigate as much risk as possible. One of the ways to do that is during inflationary times, look at assets that tend to perform better than others when you're in uh, issues of GDP decreasing or high unemployment rates. Mm. When high unemployment rates are present, that is a time in which you probably will want to stay away from the retail sector. The retail sector being when you're dealing with retail individuals, the mom and pops of the world. So we want to be involved in situations that tend to perform better, that are typically away from the mom and pops and have what what I call sticky cash flows. Mm -hmm. Cash flows that are sticky when prices go down, where people don't leave as frequently, and are sticky when prices go up because it's just too easy to keep keep things going. A couple of those products that, that are better or tend to do better in recessionary environments are self-storage and assisted living or or medical Mm -hmm. facilities. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter what's going on in the economy, if you get hurt, you're going to take care of it. You're not going to say, you know what, I'm going to hold off on getting my arm, my broken arm fixed until we're in a better time. You you have a broken arm, you're going to get it fixed regardless of what's going on. Um, So that that tends to be one that's sticky and one that is maybe not quite as expected that is sticky is self-storage. Mm-hmm. It's one in which people tend to put their belongings into these storage facilities and keep it there regardless of what's going on on their personal life. Mm-hmm. And maybe more importantly, regardless of what's going on in the overall macro environment or the total economy. Yeah. And so it, it's, Although, although it's one that probably doesn't make a whole lot of intuitive sense mm-hmm. of why it would be a sticky cash flow, it just has historically been so. It happens. I mean, when you were talking about recession, you're talking about potential unemployment, you're talking about all these things. Obviously, storage units make sense because what's going to happen if an individual gets in a situation where they have to move out of their house, they have to downsize, they have to, right? Uh, when we get married, when, oh, there's so many things that happen on the storage side that drives people to put their things on hold, on pause, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening with investing right now, right? A lot of us are not investing in the stock market. We kind of stepped away a little bit, right? And pulled back. And that's where I see storage units kind of driving forward if we are indeed going to hit this recessionary period. Um, you know, same thing along, like you said, if somebody breaks their arm, the reality is, is we're going to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. So those are definitely two asset classes that we're looking at. Do you foresee in the coming year that we will expand upon those um, in our portfolio? Because I believe we just released one of our few weeks back, um, the first storage unit facility 
Uh, is that going to continue in 2023? And also, what are we talking about as far as these rehabilitation centers or hospitals, those sorts of things in 2023? Do you see more of that happening? I do. I definitely do see more of that happening. Um, although my crystal ball isn't perfect, it isn't a segment of real estate that we are definitely looking to get more involved with simply because it has performed better historically mm -hmm. in recessionary times. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we're going into a recession. Yeah. I'm not saying we're in one. But it's it's just behooves us as people that are trying to mitigate risk mm -hmm. to take that into consideration. And if it is a possibility, and if it is one that is more probable now than it was a year or two ago, we need to be cognizant of that and start transition our portfolio to mitigate that risk. One way to do that is yes, to indeed go into more self-storage and more medical use properties. So you know, fear factor. We talked about that a few minutes ago. You're talking about the game show? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> we're not dropping going into that, are we? No. Okay. But we mentioned it. It came up. We're talking about, you know, insurance and recessionary proof and, you know, the fear factor of individuals, you know, pulling out of investments or maybe going in. It depends on where your mindset is, right? So, you know, when you and I talk about what's 2023 going to look like, what is our portfolio, the evolution of our portfolio, you know, where are we going to focus our attention? We didn't start talking about storage units and rehabilitation centers because of the recession. So I just want to make that clear to our listeners that, you know, this is something that we're constantly doing. We are always evaluating what we want to see happen with our portfolio year after year, because as maybe some of our listeners know, maybe they don't, we turn almost our entire portfolio in a year. Absolutely. And so, you know, we have to constantly be looking at what that projection looks like in asset classes, markets, borrowers' performance, borrowers' financial conditions, you know, the whole nine yards. So this isn't like something we're just dropping on our listeners saying, hey, we decided we're going to go this recessionary-proof route. Absolutely. So talk to me about the storage units, because this is new to us, you know, a relatively newer uh, asset class, not because we haven't wanted to be in it. It's because you have to find the right borrowing entities in order to get in it. Mm -hmm. So... Why has this come about over the last, I think it's been a while, I don't want listeners to think, oh, we just dropped this on them two weeks ago, right? There's a lot of evaluation that goes into this and many, many months of, of research, talking with the borrower, understanding their strategy. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the self-storage arena. Well, to give our listeners a little bit of that backstory or history, this specific borrower, you and I sat down with, you have a better memory than myself, but I would say probably eight or 10 years ago, mm -hmm. we were looking at getting involved with them at that point. Mm -hmm. And they were just a little too young, a little too green, if you will, that we wanted to give them a bit more time to season themselves, to prove their abilities up. Well, over that past eight, 10 years, they have definitely done that and yeah. far exceeded that. And now we are in a position to uh, kind of grow with them and mm -hmm. enable them, their platform to be integrated into what we do, which is trusting investing. So it's like you said, it's not something that we just discuss this week, this month, or even this year. Uh, this is a long effort in order to get them or this type of borrower involved. So over the past eight years, we have been courting, if you will, this borrower along with others mm -hmm. in this industry and in this field, because we believe that because of the history that self-storage has had, mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's good. Good, good uh, absolutely. It's a good way to diversify mm -hmm. our portfolio mm -hmm. and the investors, our investors' portfolio as well. Absolutely. I mean, it makes perfect sense. 
Um, and I appreciate that because I want the listeners to understand like these, these are sometimes years, months in the making. Absolutely. Um, you know, we always said we're not a pickup truck and hammer lender, right? And, and the same rules apply. It doesn't matter what asset class it is. If the borrower is, is a fledgling, you know, we're going to step back a little bit. We're going to watch through a microscope, see how they kind of, you know, evolve over time. And when, when we feel that there is a, a risk tolerance that we are comfortable with, then we'll get into that arena. But that takes time. So, Definitely. you know, patience is a virtue <laughs> in this world for sure. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, I know we had Brock on a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but let's talk a little bit about, you know, these uh, facilities. I say facilities because uh, the facilities take on different meanings depending upon what he's building. But but I think in fairness, we could call them in generality, air quotes, hospitals, yeah. right? Yeah. So we can call them hospitals. Um, you know, and he talked a little bit about how he had been getting into this over time, et cetera. Do you foresee this being a long-term play for him? I do for a few different reasons. One is unlike your typical real estate where you're dealing with local municipalities uh, to meet building codes, to meet traffic studies and all the, the generic intricacies involved with building single purpose real estate. This is much broader than that. So not only are you dealing with the local municipalities, now you're dealing with the state government because you're dealing with uh, people's health. And because you are dealing with people's health, there are a lot of Medicare and Medicaid, which is a federal governmental issue. So you're dealing with the federal government as well. Many builders, and actually I'll, I'll take a step back. Most builders, almost all builders will shy away from it because it's too much brain damage to go through to figure it out to herd all those cats in the right direction. They don't talk to each other. You have to be that middleman. And builders are builders, right? They build for a living. They don't, they're not project managers. They're not cat herders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to get involved in all that. So because of those issues that are inherent to medical in general or hospitals as we're, we're deeming them today, um, I do foresee Brock to stay there because the barriers to entry are fairly high and one in which the margins to build will stay plump, let's say. Mm-hmm. And when there's plump or fat margins, our borrowers aren't going to default because when they're making money, our investors are making money. I don't foresee that changing in the very near future. Therefore, I do believe it will be a long-term investment or a long-term asset class, not only for us, but for him as well. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about everything else that's in our portfolio. You know, we focus a lot of attention today on what we are deeming recession proof. I think it's more of a, you know, it's what everybody's talking about. So Ignite Funding, you better talk about it. So we talked about it. Now let's talk about the rest of our portfolio. Sure. Why, and I guess you're going to speak for both of us, why do we feel like the rest of our portfolio um, has a, a lower degree of risk? Well, each one is a little bit different, but in general, it has a lower degree of risk because those assets are based off previous valuations. They're not based off today's values where home prices have seen double-digit growth, land prices have seen high teens, low 20% growth on a quarterly basis in some cases. Uh, So we are basing our loan to values off of when we do the loan, which are typically a year ago. That's our our existing investments. Because of that, I think it's a fairly low risk level. In addition, we have ongoing conversations on a probably bi-weekly basis, you and I, to determine, like you said, what markets, what borrowers, what asset classes do we want to get involved with. 
For us, we keep our duration, the average term length, fairly short, which allows us to be dynamic enough to move with the market. And maybe more importantly, if our crystal ball is working, not where the market is today, but where the market's going to be in a year, because that's when the loan's going to be paying off. So we want to make sure the, the macro environment is healthy at that point in time, not necessarily today. And so because we're constantly talking about that and constantly evaluating where we are, um, today is not a whole lot different than a week ago or a month ago in the form of where we are lending or how we are lending or who, who we are lending to. Because of those ongoing conversations you and I have, you know, we're changing that portfolio frequently. It's yeah. not just, okay, now let's implement this change. You'll never see a real seismic shift. You know, a lot of the things you hear in the media is just outside noise. You know, we try to block out as much noise as, as possible. You think Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, if it's fourth down and goal and he's about to win the Super Bowl, is he listening to everybody in the crowd yelling or telling what to, what he should do? Absolutely not. You block out as much noise as you can and rely on the information that facts. you have in hand, the facts, facts, what's happening right in front of you. And that's what we do here. I'm not trying to compare us to the greatest quarterback of all time, but hey, we, we've done pretty good by our investors. We have, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we should actually go to that at some point and talk about our default compared mm-hmm. to other hard money lenders and other mortgage lenders in general. And and uh, I think people will be surprised, shocked, shocked, they will be shocked how we we uh, stand up. Maybe yeah. not the greatest ever, but not not too shabby. Let's say. I would agree with you. I mean, if the pandemic has anything to say about that, you just talked about the relationships we have with our borrowers. I know we're unlike other lenders. The relationships that we carry on with our borrowers throughout the duration of their loans and throughout the duration of our relationship that we have with them is like no other. And so when people ask me, oh my gosh, your borrower didn't default during the pandemic. And I say, well, no, but we have a good relationship with them. They say, okay, well, you think that relationship's going to hold? Yeah, I actually do. We we treat them very differently than other lenders do. We take care of them, I believe, greater than the other lenders do. We're there when other lenders aren't. You know, when we say we're going to fund, we fund. So we've been able to come through for them time and time and time again. So when we need them, they're here for us as well. Absolutely. So that is, you know, something that, you know, we don't talk about a whole lot, but we do have very close relations uh, with our borrowers. And I think that is why you know we have seen them carry forward with us without having huge hiccups along the way. Now we're talking about potential recession. I feel the same way. I feel like you know we are going to be for them, be there for them when their bank's lending isn't. They know they can rely on us. So I think that's a big part of reducing the risk factor that I think investors maybe don't think about so much, right? We're constantly drilling into them the collateral there's a relationship behind this collateral that has a lot of meaning. Well said. Yeah, I, I can't really add much to that. It's 100% true. So hopefully, hopefully our crystal ball is spot on here. We'll keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep watching for the next opportunities. And uh, yeah, we'll reconvene. Let's reconvene about the uh, what happens when these loans go into default, how we handle that. I think maybe we should go into a series on that so sure. investors can kind of get a bird's eye view of what that looks like. But in the meantime, keep calm and carry on. For the set of better. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on another episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert. 
where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 